Hey y'all, I'm Sammy, your host of the You Are Made For More podcast. John 10.10 is a promise that Jesus came down to earth so that we would have life and have it abundantly. My prayer is that this podcast and all of the content that we put out will remind every student that they were made for more simply because of who they were created to be. My own walk with the Lord and my relationships with the teenagers that I disciple have shown me that once we understand whose we are, the game changes, or in other words, transformation happens. Our identity changes everything. We recognize that it takes investment and partnership between the church and parents to raise teens who know and believe who they are in Jesus, and we're here to help with that. So buckle up as we take this journey and take a look at what God has to say about friendships, relationships, sexuality, dating, and all the things in between. Hey guys, and welcome to week one of our relationship FAQ, or in other words, our relationship crash course, where we're going to be talking about some of the most commonly asked questions when it comes to dating, relationships, sexuality, etc. that students ask me. Um, I really think that this is going to be good. Uh, For a lot of you who know me already or have heard me speak or read some of the things that I am passionate about, you know that I love relationships because I really believe that God made them. He created them to be such a gift to us. But we really have to think about what we're doing in order to get to where we want to be. So something that you'll learn when you meet me is that I actually spend a lot of my time going into public high schools and I speak to teenagers about sexual education Now, this involves a lot of different topics, but at the core of it is what a healthy relationship is. And when we understand that, we're really able to build healthy relationships off of that. So, I get the opportunity to get a really clear viewpoint of where you guys are when it comes to what you think about relationships. All right, question one that I get a lot is just simply what is dating? What is the purpose of dating? How would you define dating? So I always ask people to think about this and try to answer it for yourself, right? Because you know practically what dating looks like. You know that you ask someone out, you hang out with them, you see if you want to spend time with them. But when we talk about a purpose or what your goal is with dating that's a lot harder of a question to answer and I know when I was 15 I did not think about this at all I literally was constantly stumbling and trying to figure out how to make things work even though I desperately was struggling with insecurity right I definitely felt like I was unworthy of love and I never really took the time to think about What is the purpose of dating? And off of that, my answer would be 
marriage. According to the Bible, the purpose of dating is marriage. Now, don't freak out because I know to a lot of people that is scary. And if you would have said that to me when I was 15, I would have run away as fast as I could from you. But we're going to talk about what marriage is and and should you even want it? Is it even a good thing? Okay, so we're going to start by talking about just some statistics that I have found to be really helpful in understanding the hookup culture, which is kind of the state of the culture right now versus the biblical definition of love, dating, and marriage, and all of those things. So if you have never read Ben Stewart's book, which is entitled Single Dating, Engaged Mary, Navigating Life and Love in the Modern Age, you should because it is amazing. I'm going to link it in the show notes for you guys. I highly, highly suggest that. Um, In there, the book talks about a study that was done that was really focused on teens and marriage, okay? So, if you're a youth leader or a parent, right now, I would encourage you, as soon as you're done listening to this podcast, head on over to the Abundant Life website, www.youaremadeformore.org and check out module three of the abundant life curriculum this module really goes into depth about a lot of topics when it comes to dating we talk about all of the things I'm gonna mention briefly in this podcast that we really don't have the time to cover but head on over if you want to hear more about that Back to this study. Okay, so what they found, um, again, I'm going to link the book um, that Ben Stewart references in his modern book about this study that was done. And what they found is really interesting. So if you know anything about the state of marriage in the United States, you know that the divorce rate varies between 50 to 60%. Now, what that means is that more marriages end in divorce than they do end up staying together. Despite that high statistic, 92% of teens still want to be married. That's what this study looked at is even though the divorce rate is so high, what do teens think about marriage in general and what they found is that you guys still have an outlook of marriage that makes it desirable that's astronomically high and the ministry that Ben Stewart used to work for which is called Breakaway Ministries it's a ministry out of Texas A&M University they did and, and they talked about this stuff with college students because When you're in college, you're really in the point of your life where you're going to go through the four stages, single, dating, engaged, married, in your 20s. Most people will go through those four stages between the ages of 20 to 30. So what all of this tells me and the point of me telling you guys about it is that there's a major disconnect somewhere about what we actually want and knowing how to get there we can't keep doing the same thing and expect a different result when it comes to dating 
that's literally the definition of insanity, right? So we have to do things differently to yield a different result. That's what I'm going to try to do for you guys today. I want to offer you a new perspective when it comes to dating that hopefully takes some of the pressure off. I feel like sometimes I know this very, very well because I was just in this phase, right? I'm 23 years old. I also passed through the stages dating, engage, um, single dating, engage, married in my 20s, okay? So, I am not far removed from it. I know the process very well. I have done it in this culture. And I know that it is not easy, especially as a Christian. Sometimes you feel so much pressure as a follower of Jesus to date intentionally, right? You've heard that word before. It can put so many unspoken expectations, especially when we're in high school and you're really thinking like, I'm not anywhere near ready for marriage. How do I date intentionally? Like, how am I supposed to date someone with the intention of marriage? So with that in mind, I want to offer you a new perspective, okay? Dating, as we're going to talk about it throughout the You Are Made For More podcast, is just an evaluation process. That's all it is. It's an evaluation process of a relationship. Okay, relationships, if you think about it, can can only end one of two ways. They can either be sustained and, and stay the course of your life or... They will be degraded and end at some point in some way, shape, or form. Okay? That's the only two routes that you can take. So when we talk about dating as an evaluation process, we're talking about evaluating that dating relationship. And if you want to stay the course with that specific person... Or if you decide that isn't for you and you want to end the relationship, those are the two scenarios that you're deciding between and that's what you're evaluating. Hopefully when you are dating someone, you should want three things, okay? You should want to have fun with them. You should want to want to be with them for extended periods of time and you should want to share experiences with them, okay? Through those three things, you're going to be able to evaluate their character. You're going to be able to get to know them and what they value and how they react in certain situations. They are really telling about how they're going to react to certain inevitable life circumstances. That if you do evaluate the relationship and decide to stay the course, you will end up facing with them. So seeing how they respond to things like that is really, really important. You're going to be able to tell through this process whether or not they actually are who they say they are and that's really 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 important okay anyone that you date especially I'm talking to followers of Jesus right now but anyone that you date 
can claim to be a Christian, claim to go to church, claim to love the Lord. They can have a Bible verse in their Instagram bio, right? That doesn't mean that they're actually following Jesus, wanting his will over their own for their life or serving other people like Jesus calls us to do, right? You have to evaluate how they live their life to see a consistency in who they are. So keep that in mind. The other thing is, if at any point, again, there can be so much pressure in intentional dating that you that you have to stay with the person that you're dating. You have to want to marry them. That's how the relationship has to end. But at any point of a relationship, if you evaluate that you want to go the other route and you want to end the relationship for whatever reason, you should feel like, you are able to do that, okay? That's the whole point of an evaluation process. I think that the reason this gets so sticky is because so few of us offer any sort of clarity, okay? Clarity is a big word that I want you to remember. In dating, all you are required to do is to give the person you are with clarity, Okay, that's all they really want from you is to know where they stand at what point and what you're thinking. And in the sticky situations happen when we try to sugarcoat things, we don't share how we're feeling or we stay in something just because we feel like we have to because we feel this pressure from other people. Okay, At the end of a relationship, if you're leaving a trail of broken hearts and people who feel used by your relationship rather than loved, I'd encourage you to prayerfully reconsider and talk to a trusted friend or a mentor or a youth leader or a parent about what exactly it is you're doing in your relationships that's causing that outcome. I really hope and pray that we can create a culture around dating that provides clarity and allow significant others where no matter how the relationship ends, whether you continue dating and pursuing marriage or you don't, I want to create a culture where you are able to say to that other person that you are better because of the influence that they had in your life. You're better because of the proximity that you had to them. So let me say that again. Get out your pens and papers. Write this down because this really, guys, I'm not kidding. This changed how I dated in my early 20s it really did I knew how to have the define the relationship talk with someone I knew how to date intentionally I knew how to provide clarity to a person I was dating and this is what you need to write down right now okay when you are dating someone no matter how the relationship ends you should want them to be able to say I am better because of the time I spent in proximity to you. Okay, that's the goal within dating that that we that we should be aiming to replicate. That is the goal, and that's the goal that 
we can get behind no matter what age you at, no matter if marriage is something you know is around the corner for you and you want that at the age you are at or whether you're 15 and you're just trying to figure out what it means to even build a healthy dating relationship. Okay, so remember that goal. Question two. This is a big one. Um, This is going to get into physical intimacy, okay? It's important to remember physical intimacy is only one part of intimacy. Intimacy means being fully known and fully loved by someone. So physical intimacy is one type of that. There's also emotional and intellectual and spiritual and social intimacy, right? But physical intimacy is one that comes into play in dating relationships, even though biblically it, it really shouldn't. It does. So this is hands down the craziest time for dating that has ever existed. Here's why. 47% of young people have been in dating relationships that have been initiated over social media. Two-thirds of college students have been in friends with benefits relationships, which means you're in a relationship solely for the physical intimacy. And they say that those relationships are appealing because the lack of commitment actually makes a relationship more fun for them. You guys are in the middle of the hookup culture. We like not having any commitments, not being tied down, just using people to get what we want when we want it. And that might seem harsh and you might think to yourself, that's not what I'm doing. But guys, if we're really honest, sometimes relationships can be more transactional than they are relational. Okay, that means that we're looking at what we can get from someone rather than what we can give to them sacrificially and freely. So we really have to think about that. I've witnessed the self-esteem of my friends in college plummet as they have slept with people who have quickly moved on to the next relationship seemingly unfazed by that relationship that meant a lot to that friend of mine. 70% of students will have their first sexual experience by the age of 19. And if I had to guess why all of these things are in, in reality, why they happen, I would guess it's because we have really come to believe and we have been tricked into thinking that God's way is not as good as the world's way. And that could not be more false, guys, and in reality God's way far surpasses the world's way now is it tough to date God's way yes but is it also worth it yes so what we're gonna do now is look at more specifically what we're dealing with when it comes to dating from a biblical perspective and why it is worth it to do it the right way First of all, this is a really hard question because dating is not really talked about 
in the Bible, which makes boundaries really, really difficult when we aren't given them explicitly. There's a lot of gray area in our human nature really wants us to push the line as far as we think we can in order to fulfill our wants and needs in the moment. So the bottom line is that boundaries aren't clearly outlined in the Bible, except for this mention of sexual immorality. But what does sexual immorality mean is what we really have to look at. So Again, I want to offer you guys another perspective. Instead of asking how far we can push the boundaries, we should be asking, let's talk about how far I can go physically with someone I'm dating before I'm dishonoring God and who he made me to be by pushing those boundaries. I wish that someone would have offered me that perspective when I was dating because if I'm honest, dating isn't really about this idea of honoring God. We make it about this idea of honestly keeping our virginity and and that means a lot of things. What I mean by that is I think that we have overvalued this idea of virginity as the church and we have undervalued the idea of purity. So purity is a virtue, a state of mind where we want to honor God with everything we do and that he leads us. Uh, we, We want his will more than our own, even if it means sacrificing our wants and needs in the moment. But when we have this this narrative being fed to us by the church growing up, we have this idea that as long as I stay a virgin until I'm married, then I'm good, right? But I don't think that's what God wants from us. I think that he wants something better and bigger for us. And in the goal with purity... And not focusing on virginity is that it is so easy to stumble when you're just focusing on virginity. It's so easy to make excuses, to bend the rules, to make exceptions, to push the boundaries. But when your goal is to honor God and and be pure in heart and in how you utilize your body, you really desire him more than anything else. And again, I'm speaking to followers of Jesus in this instance. If you aren't following Jesus, I still encourage you to think critically about physical intimacy, the way that your brain works when you're attracted to someone, when you are physically intimate with someone, can can literally trick you into thinking that you're connected with them when you actually are not. And that is a huge deal so knowing those facts again if you want to know more about that please email me or message me um it is fascinating so even if you're not following Jesus think critically about who you are being physically intimate with um because the bottom line is that you can do it any way you want to do it like like my job is not not to try to force you to make a certain decision because God gave you free will. He gave you a choice, but he also knows what choice is best for you. 
and what's best for you um, is being pure of heart. And, and that is what he desires from you. He doesn't want you to hold on to your virginity and keep it in a lockbox until you're married just because you think he's going to punish you if you do. That's not what he wants. He wants you to hold on to your virginity because you believe in who he made you to be and that that's a gift for your husband or for your wife and because you want to honor him and you know that by holding on to that it is pleasing to the one who made you and loves you and died for you that's what he wants he wants you to do it joyfully and not to push the boundaries back to this idea about sexual immorality in the scriptures we aren't just told to avoid sexual immorality we are actually told to flee from it it is harmful it is hurtful and it is powerful sexuality has power guys and when it is used in its original context inside of marriage like we see in the garden of eden before the fall sexuality has a power that is able to sustain nurture and heal relationships it was sex was given to us to be a a mode um in which we connect with our husband or our wife but when it's taken out of the context of marriage and we put it in the hookup culture that we're technically in it is abused excused exploitatively and it alters changes and destroys people when they fall victim to the lie that they can separate their sexuality from who they are sexuality has power and you are not just a physical body that is not who you are god created you very complex and unique and your sexuality is rooted in who you are question three should i date someone who is not a christian the Bible speaks about this one very, very specifically. So I, again, am speaking to followers of Jesus, to people who identify as Christian when I answer this question. The answer is no, you should not date someone who isn't a Christian. I'm sure that my answer to that question does not surprise you, but I will tell you that I used to think that it was possible until I actually did it and figured out that what the Bible says is actually very, very true. If you have tried to date someone who wasn't a Christian in a long-term fashion, you probably know um, and can relate to a lot of what I'm going to talk about. So here's why the answer is no. You are broken and whoever you date will be broken too. So that means if you are ever in love and if you are trying your hardest to love the other person with everything you have to love them perfectly, you never will be able to. You will inevitably say the wrong thing. You will do something hurtful unintentionally. And vice versa, your partner will do that to you too. If Jesus is not at the center of your relationship, 
your dating relationship, your marriage, whatever, your hurt, your bitterness, and your selfishness will destroy your relationship no matter how much love is present. But with Jesus, you have the ability to offer grace and to forgive even when everything else seems impossible. Jesus will draw you closer to the type of love that you are so desiring to give to someone. But as you become more aware of your own brokenness, you will understand that you most definitely need him in order to achieve that type of love. In the Bible, they call this being unequally yoked with someone. We are called to not date someone who or be married to someone who is unequally yoked in other words whose soul um does not have the same desire as ours when it comes to faith in Jesus the reason that we are told not to be unequally yoked with someone is not a command that is meant to keep something from us. Rather, it really is a command designed for protection and honor. Being unequally yoked with someone is more dangerous than you may think. And waiting for someone with whom you share the same deep soul desires like honoring Jesus and following him and meeting him at the end of your life is far more rewarding than it ever will be to constantly be fighting and in desiring that your partner have the same outlook as you do. Another thing to consider is the question of how can my significant other lead me and teach me to love more like Jesus when he or she isn't following him and learning and falling more in love with the savior of your soul right how can you be so close with someone who is not close with the number one thing in your life and that thing that person is Jesus so that link needs to be a common thing between the two of you obviously there are so many more things that we could say about that but I just wanted to hit on that a little bit because I know it's a question that a lot of people have in mind as you're in high school and you meet people with so many different outlooks as you it's really easy to kind of falter on that um requirement but that is something I would refer to as a non-negotiable in dating there's many of them that we could talk about but that is the number one the person that you're dating really needs to love Jesus more than you do and love Jesus more than they love you you've heard me say that before but that's something that I really am a strong believer in no relationship apart from Christ can be truly good that's from Mark 10 verse 18 no love apart from Christ is true love that's from 1st John 4 16 through 17 it may look like the type of love that you want 
is good from the outside, but without Christ at the center of it, without Jesus constantly, constantly stepping in for you and advocating for you and, and taking the fall for your brokenness for you, it's never gonna be able to be unified like like God created us to be with the people that we marry so that is why when the Bible talks about being unequally yoked that's so important so here's the deal relationships are always going to be complicated they're always going to be tricky and messy because they involve two people and I don't know about you but I am a hot mess express 90% of the time and when I started dating my husband I really had to be okay with showing my brokenness and trusting that the Lord was gonna advocate for me in it because that's how much he loved me and I knew that Juan was following Jesus and loved him more than he loved me so I was okay with showing my brokenness but we all have that brokenness that another person is gonna have to see when you're in an intimate relationship with them I want to end with a quote from Bob Goff and he says this what we think about Jesus says a lot about whether Jesus is ahead of us leading or just behind us carrying our stuff and in my own experience I've found that to be more true than ever my prayer is that you would desire to let Jesus lead you always guiding your steps and that you'd recognize that he's already gone before you that he already knows your brokenness he knows your significant other's brokenness he knows how he's gonna fit them together but you have to let him be at the center of that relationship guys thank you so much for tuning in to our relationship frequently asked questions part one and i'm really pumped for part two where we're gonna cover some more topics like what role should your parents play in dating? How should you handle rejection? Can teens really be in love? What happens if you feel like you have already messed up in a relationship? And what it looks like to build a relationship with a strong foundation? So these are all really, really good questions to ask before you're in the middle of a relationship. The more you ask them now, the better equipped you're going to be to handle these hard situations when they come. Until then, make sure you head on over and follow Abundant Life YM on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, whatever platform you are loving at the moment. All of our updates and all of the content we put out is on there. You can also check out our blog at youwermadeformore.org and please send me suggestions of questions that you want to see answered in part two you can do that through our website or dm us on social media we would love to hear from you guys really nothing is off limits so send them in i look forward to getting them and we love you thanks for tuning in